So often we're waiting until something gets better, until it changes, until it transforms, and then I'm going to play full out. And the universe is saying, I respond to you playing full out right now. I respond to you playing full out right now. Are you willing? Are you willing to be so radical that you play full out as you're evolving your life, transforming your life, stepping into your next best season? Are you willing to fall madly in love with your now? I am Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. You know, when you talk about the journey of love, and you know, love is such a big word that I think is overused. I think love is a very endearing word. I think we say we love things that we don't love. Like, oh, I love that movie. Oh, I love those jeans. Oh, I love that car. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Sometimes it just gets so good you think it's love in the moment. <laughs> Did I say that? Was that my outside voice? <laughs> so, I think that love is a sacred experience. But I think that love for other people only follows and chases a love that we have for ourselves. And I think one of the best journeys that I took was the journey to fall back in love with Lisa. And I didn't know that that journey would take so much. I was in South Africa. I was rocking my fro, and this woman stood up and said, "Sister, how do you wear your hair like that?" That's my African accent. And when I do my accent for Budapest or Slovenia, it will sound the same. <laughs> It's it. So, sister, how do you get your afro like that? And I said, How do I get my afro like this? I'm in Africa. You guys all have afros. I was wearing your hair because I was coming. I was coming home. She said, No, we are wearing an afro. You are wearing a crown, my sister. And. I thought about it for a moment, and I said, "Oh, oh, I get it." And I said to her in front of 500 people, "I said, while wearing my natural hair is the easiest thing of all to do, getting to the point where I was comfortable enough to wear my natural hair was the longest journey I ever took, because it was the journey back to me." And so, what happens when you take a Journey back to you. So many of us are busy, being busy, being busy. One hand up if you're busy, being busy. Two hands up if you're really busy, being busy, being. Two hands up and stand up if you can't even remember what you're being busy with, right? You don't even know what you were doing last week this time, but you know you were what? Busy. So we're so busy being busy, being busy that. We get disconnected from us, and I know I'm not sure about other countries, but in America, everything is from your head, and all of a sudden you start disconnecting from your body and from your heart. You're analyzing everything and overanalyzing everything, and something happens when you get past the age of 12. All of a sudden, you have to be responsible. When did that happen? Like that was like killing my spirit. But there was this dance that's supposed to exist between your head and your heart and your soul, and falling madly in love with yourself on a daily, weekly basis, and somehow that gets lost, and then you have to revisit it again, and then again and again. I remember there was a time when I didn't love Lisa. 
I didn't see anyone that looked like Lisa Beautiful on television. I didn't see any Miss Americas rocking a fro, having hips like this, mocha skin full, lips round, hips and kinky hair. I just didn't see them. And so I had a hard time embracing my own beauty, embracing my internal beauty and embracing my external beauty. Like I look at my life today and I go, wow, that's pretty breathtaking. It's pretty exciting to travel the world and run my mouth and autograph things and sit with some of the queens and queens around the world. But this was a long journey. It's not over yet either. But I remember it couldn't start until I fell in love with me. I remember in The Secret, the part that everyone loved in The Secret was the part that I talked about before anyone else can love you. You got to love yourself. So full circle, 11 years later, I'm having the same conversation on this stage with you. And some of you first met me in The Secret. And the same conversation is relevant. That when you can love your now, and I mean love your money now, your bank account where it is now, when you can love your weight where it is now. Y'all saw those pictures of me earlier? Were you guys looking like I was looking like? My God, there's a lot of you to love, girl. It wasn't until I can fall in love with Lisa at that size that the Lisa today can even emerge. So often we're waiting until something gets better, until it changes, until it transforms, and then I'm going to play full out. And the universe is saying, I respond to you playing full out right now. I respond to you playing full out right now. Are you willing? Are you willing to be so radical that you play full out as you're evolving your life, transforming your life, stepping into your next best season? Are you willing to fall madly in love with your now? That's the cue they want me to tell y'all. All the newbies. I got to tell the newbies, right? Tell the newbies. All right. Tell the newbies. So... So two weeks ago, I was in a church speaking, and every time I said something they liked, they said, amen. I was in Chicago, so they was waving their hands. And my first book was Chicken Soup for the African-American Soul. And I did that book tour in churches because I wanted to make a bestseller. And the Chicken Soup for the Soul team said, no, we want you to do it in bookstores. I'm like, well, unfortunately, black people are not beating down the door. (laughs) It's just the truth. The truth is sexy. Try it. They're not beating down the door to go to the bookstore. I said, but if I do this book tour in a church, I was like, it don't matter where they were on Saturday night. On Sunday morning, they're going to be in church. Now, they might smell like Saturday night, but they're going to be in church saying, amen. So I did a 27-city book tour in 27 different churches. I didn't even know there were 27 different ways to praise God. They were like, amen. And then there was amen. And then there was just think amen, don't say it. And of course, I'm still dealing with the last church. So I'm like, amen. And everyone's like, "Mm mm-mm. We're not in that church today, man. Like I was all kind of violation on this book too. It didn't matter, I made a bestseller. So, so. When I'm in church, when I'm in church and they, I say something like, they say amen. When I'm with my girls and I say something my girls like, they say, you go, girl. But when I'm with a mixed group like this, guys, I won't have you say, you go, girl. Though I think some of y'all diehards might say it with me. 
When I'm in a group like this and I say something that you like, I want you to say yes, yes, but I want the second yes to be louder than the first yes. Let's try it. One, two, three. Only at A-Fest do you do it right the first time. Damn, man. When I was at Wells Fargo, I was like, yes, yes. And they were like, yes, yes. I was like, loosen your tie. No, no. Every time I say something that you like and it feels good to your soul, I want to hear you say, yes, yes. Every time you hear your truth, no matter what I'm in the middle of saying, I just want you to yell out, yes, yes. Every time it feels good to you, and it says, that is me, Lisa, I want you to yell out, even if your neighbor's not participating. (laughs) I still want you to say, I still want you to say, even if it stings a little bit, I still want you to say, even when you leave this room and something feels good, I want you to say, even if I'm not doing this with my damn hands, I want you to say, And when you leave Ibiza and you go back home and something feels good to your soul, I want you to hear yourself say out loud, yes, yes. and the people at home will think you're strange. <laughs> because when you left home, you only said yes one time. <laughs> but I'm a true believer that really when you want to get something different, you do something different, even if it's just one additional yes. And the reason why the second yes has to be louder than the first yes is because the first yes is to the thing that you already know you can do. You already know you got that. But that second yes, it has to be louder because that yes is to the calling on your life. And that yes is going to cost you something. That yes is going to require you muster up some courage that you didn't know you have, that you say some things that you didn't want to say, and you do some things that you didn't want to do so you can be the man, the woman you've always known yourself to be. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. So that second yes is going to come from your conviction. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. That second yes is going to require that you walk by yourself for a minute because no one else will get your vision at that time. And at that time, you recognize that no one else gets your vision because God the divine didn't give your vision to anyone else. God gave your vision to you. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. So that second yes got to be a little louder. In some cases, a lot louder than the first yes. We got it? Yes, yes. Okay, we ready. It's getting hot in here. Don't take off none of your clothes. Unless you want to, unless you want, okay. So, I was on a plane one night on the red eye flying to New York, and I was reading my book, No Matter What, that I wrote in 2009. And there was a part in No Matter What that has you expose the lies. So it's a book that has you actually do work inside the book. And there's a part that talks about exposing the lies. And you just write down all the lies that you believe about yourself. And I was actually reading the book and doing the book, even though I was the author of the book. I had gone through, I need the work too. I I only do personal development so I can stay in it. (laughs) So cheating. And I had just broken up with someone and I just needed to remind myself of who I was. And so I'm on the plane and I'm reading the book and my head's down, I got a baseball cap on, I'm kind of incognito and and this woman sees the back of the book and sees my picture and she goes, oh my God, I love her. (laughs) And I, I had my head, I was like, okay, I can get away with this if I don't quite look up. I said, thank you. She says, you know she has another book, like she's in the secret too. I was like, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I'm just right. One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders 
in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. Right, and then I'm actually crying. And she goes, is that another book she has? I'm like, would you stop talking to me, lady? I say, yeah, yeah, it's another book. She goes, oh, do you mind if I read it? And the codependent part of me would normally say what? Sure, take it. And I knew that at that moment, I needed to give myself oxygen. I needed to be my own rescue. I needed to put my own oxygen mask on. And I said, with all due respect, it's on Amazon.com. Like, I need this book right now. And I think I looked at her just long enough for her to realize it was me. And I said, I'm doing the work for me because I need the work. I said, so I think it's a great book and you may want to get it, but right now I need it. And so I just stopped by again for the 12th time to ask you, are you willing to do everything necessary so that the best you show up to the world? Are you willing? Because there's so many things, sweetheart, doc. Could you come help me down? You know you sit here just so you can be by the stage, right? I'm practicing. I love single, right? I love it. I said, I'm not walking around with my head down anymore. And so, are you willing? Are you willing to design a future for yourself? that demonstrates that you love you madly? Are you willing to forgive like you have never, ever been betrayed? Because that's self-love. Are you willing to not hold your future hostage to your past? Are you willing to no longer keep score? See, keeping score is collecting evidence of why it might not work while keeping track is taking notes of when you needed to step right and you step left instead so the next time you step, you step in the right direction. Are you willing? Are you willing to press reset and give yourself a thousand second chances 
And every time you get to $9.99, you press reset again and you get a thousand more because that's self-love. See, self-love is not expecting your perfection to show up. Self-love is falling madly in love with your imperfection. Like you're a better person because of the mistakes you've made. Oh my God. My grandmother says, baby, mistakes are like seasoning. (laughs) And who wants a bland dish? But she said a little different. She said, don't nobody want a bland man. We were were having girl talk. (laughs) You know, I look at my life and I'm just blown away by it. I'm blown away that I, I, I can have the past that I have. Struggling in school for all 12 years. I mean, struggle. When I got a C, I did the happy dance. Go, Lisa, it's your birthday. Go, hey. It actually is my birthday tomorrow, y'all. It's your birthday. I spent so many years trying to keep up, trying to be like the next guy or girl, trying to prove that I was smart enough. Anybody there? Yes, yes. Come on, you guys. Let me know I'm in the right room. Trying to prove that even though I was born in this particular city, I'm still good enough. Yes, yes? Even though I was born in this skin, I'm still smart enough. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Even though my parents don't have much, we're still keeping up with everyone else. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And then I found that I was trying for many years after that to outrun who I was. I was trying to hold on to one more title, hold on to one more label, hold on to one more book deal, hold on to one more zero on my annual income. Come on, am I the only one? Yes, yes. I was chasing something not recognizing that I woke up enough. Like when you get that and you arrive back to you, oh, wait a minute, I woke up enough. That you woke up smart enough, brilliant enough, bright enough, that today you are young enough, you're wise enough, that you are enough, there's nothing to prove, there's nothing to protect, there's nothing to hide, and there's nothing to defend, that you are enough, 159% enough, and if no one can get you, if someone doesn't get you, they weren't supposed to have you in the first place, and that man's rejection is God's protection. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you only want to play with people who want to play with you and that every deal is not going to go through because every deal won't honor who you are and your journey and every relationship is not supposed to last forever that it was a season oh let me tell you the season can y'all see me up there y'all all right yes, yes. it's good lighting right here <laughs> it's a nice oil i'm get that oil again you like that touch it yeah <laughs> a new season. <laughs> I'm never flirty. I'm tra- practicing flirty. Like, I've been a damn businesswoman for years. I'm like, I'm just going to do woman. So I'm going to share with you three types of relationships. Now, someone came just for this information right here, and everything else will be bonus. Because every relationship you carry with you, first the one with yourself, then the one with your parents, whether they were with you or absent, then the one with the caregivers around you, and then your friendships, and then your romantic relationships, they hold a different space. So let me give some definition and texture to some of your relationships. 
There are three types of relationships. How many? There are three types of relationships, and I promise you, every relationship will fall in one of these categories. I'm going to answer some questions for you right now, really fast. So the first type of relationship is a lifetime. Say lifetime. lifetime. And a lifetime relationship is just that. You, one person's going to bury the other person. No matter what you do, someone's going to bury the other person. Lifetime, right? The second type of relationship <clears throat> is life-giving. Now, this relationship will last anywhere from one night. <clears throat> yes, I did say one night. <laughs> to two years. It will last from one night to two years. And this relationship was designed to give you back life, to let you know you're still in the game. How many of us have had that? Yes, yes? yes, yes. And it just reminds you, oh yeah, I'm still here. And that relationship is full of energy, it's full of passion, and it's full of chaos. <laughs> and you can't keep up that level of energy, right? Forever, which is why it can't last past two years. You'll go crazy. Or somebody's going to kill the other person. Something's going to happen. Because it's intense. That's why it brings you back to life. Because it's intensity. Wakes you up again. It was life-giving. It wasn't supposed to happen last forever. It was life-giving. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. The third type of relationship is the type of relationship that has the most turbulence, the most frustration, the most breakdown, the most hurt, the most pain. And it's the relationship that we're in the most. Mm -mm. It's called a purposeful relationship. A purposeful relationship is a relationship full of purpose. And the reason why we have so much turbulence, breakdown, and hurt is because once the purpose is fulfilled, the relationship, get this, forever takes a change. And we spend the next five years, 10 years, 20 years trying to make a purposeful relationship a what? A lifetime relationship. Ooh, yes, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Making sense? <laughs> yes, yes. And so you wonder, what happened? How many of us have said, what happened? What happened was you were supposed to have children together. You were supposed to raise each other. You were supposed to grow up together. You were supposed to start a business together. You were supposed to have that defining moment together. And then once it was complete, the relationship took a shift. Does it need to end? No. But you just need to stop trying to get back to where it was. Hmm, yes, yes? Yes, yes. Can people be together forever in a purposeful relationship? Yes. Just accept the new path that it's on. And when a relationship is complete, recognize that it's complete because it did what it was supposed to do. Now, what I did is I made a list of everybody I'd ever dated. You cannot see it. It's locked away in a safe with a lot of paper. So, so... I wrote down the people that I dated, and you put them in two columns. You put the type of relationship and what was the purpose. So it's either going to be life-giving or purposeful. And then you write down the purpose. And when you find the purpose, all of a sudden you don't think the relationship was a waste of time. Now it has a reason. There's something you learn, something that you gain. In my perceivingly worst relationship, where my fiance picked me up and threw me three feet across the room and choked me until I passed out. When I can figure out the purpose of that relationship, now I can bring Lisa 100% fully forth so that my next doesn't pay for my ex. Hello, you like that? Right, right, right? Because until you are complete and whole in some of those answers, you're trying to avoid them in the future until you can be whole and complete with them. It's purposeful. Any relationship you're no longer in is either purposeful or life-giving 
Figure out which one and figure out what it gave you. What life did it give you? What purpose did it fulfill? And then move on into your breathtaking future. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. So one of the things I recognized was that it's our job to recognize that your love doesn't belong to you. That someone's going to cross your path tomorrow, next week, next year, and they need the love that you have. But in order for them to get it, you need to fill your cup up and you need to be in overflow because you can't love them from your cup. You got to always love them from your saucer. Yes, because when you love them from your saucer, you never, ever run out. You never love on an empty tank. Love never hurts. A lot of times when love is hurting, it's because you haven't given you everything you need yet. And you're trying to give other people what you still need. You're trying to give them your oxygen, which is why you're sitting around going, hurry up, right? But if you, you know I'm crazy. I'm drama. I'm I'm visual. I never made it to Broadway, so this is my best damn stage. <laughs> so, and so recognizing that when you love from your overflow, that's the most responsible thing that you could do. And that the greatest love that you can ever give the world is the demonstration of what loving you looks like. Because somewhere, there's a 14-year-old girl There's a six-year-old boy. There's a 60-year-old man. There's a 46-year-old woman who hasn't discovered herself yet. There's a 63-year-old woman looking to redefine herself, and they're all looking at you. They're not looking at the way you love them. They're looking at the way you love you. And, And they're looking at your examples and they're saying, well, if she can do it, I can do it. If she can give herself a second chances, then I can give myself one more. And if he can give himself another chance, if he can get up after that financial fall, if he can get up after that divorce, if she can get up after that breakup, if he can get back up after having to leave his children, if she can get back up after having that child and she can define herself, then what can I do? See, We don't think about what we can do based on what we hear. We live inside possibility based on what we see. And so your demonstration of how madly in love with you you are helps me to recognize how madly in love with me I get to be. And then when I love myself enough, then all my extra just oozes over onto you. And And when you let your light shine like that, Because you've fallen in love with you, all of a sudden you get in the corner and that light for a moment brightens up someone's momentary darkness. And then you've been a blessing to someone else. Humanity humanity doesn't start, thank you, come on, give me my yes, yes. Give you your yes, yes. Humanity doesn't start with everybody. Humanity starts with somebody. Humanity isn't many. Humanity is one and one more, and one more, and one more. Sometimes we make it so big, it becomes so ambiguous, we never have to touch it. Humanity is the sister at the grocery store. Humanity is the black man that's walking down the street who looks like he can use a hello and a smile. Humanity is the Asian woman who's in the corner who can use some love. Humanity is the white man who's in the corner who might not say hi to me, but if he sees love on my face, then he knows that I mean him no harm. I'm his sister. Humanity is each one of us. 
Humanity are the Trump voters and the Obama voters and the people who want to defect from U.S. like some of us because it's crazy. <laughs> humanity, humanity is all of us. Humanity is all of us. That's who we are. You know, I'm starting a seven-week vacation now for the first time in maybe 10 years. And I'm staying in Spain until June 6th, just hanging out. And, and that was a big demonstration of love for Lisa. And as a business owner, yeah, it makes you a little nervous. My company went public three years ago. And so now it's all about, you know, it could be about the numbers, but it's not as about the quality of life for me. It's about loving the moment. I don't want to love the arrival as much as I want to love the journey. I want to love the journey and I want to feel the journey. And in order for my yes to have value, my no needs to be said. And I want to exercise my no and my yes. I want to dance until my knees hurt. I want to stay awake until I doze off in the middle of a sentence because the conversation is so good. You know, I want to laugh until my belly aches. I want to sleep until the sun wakes me up. I want to find out what does my song sound like, even off key. I want my heart to skip a beat. And I want my stomach to turn in knots because he just took my breath away by the way he looked at me. Like, I don't want to miss a moment of this life called love. But every time I look in the mirror at Lisa, I want to look at her and I want to say, God, I love walking with you. I love holding your hand. I love this journey and I'm proud. I'm proud of the way you wear imperfection. And so I say that love starts with self-love. It starts with being willing, being willing to recognize that the greatest love of all is inside of you, that it's always been inside of you. It's always been what you need. It's always been where you were. It's always been. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.